0: unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
1: One to our service this morning. Thank you for being here and being part of our service today. A couple of things before we begin this morning. Uh, we, we have quite a number of folks that are out uh, because of COVID. Uh, two especially we need to remember in our prayers, uh, Larry Morgan is uh, in the uh, hospital. He's in the ER because they don't have a room. Uh, and he's been tested positive for COVID. We need to remember he and Joyce, and also uh, Ben and Joanne Roberts are having a particularly hard time at this time with, uh, with the virus also. And we have several others that uh, are suffering through it. Next Sunday morning, we will be having our special contribution for benevolence, uh, Benevolence is one of the things that this congregation is noted for. Uh, we have a tremendous benevolence program between the food pantry, the clothes closet, and our local benevolence. Uh, and if uh, next Sunday morning will be our fifth Sunday contribution, and it, everything given that day will be used for benevolence. We come together this morning to worship God, uh, let's begin our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for everything that you do for, for us. Father, we're thankful for the congregation that meets here and for every member and every person that, that's in attendance. Father, we pray that you'll be with Brother Larry and, and Joyce at this time as they're suffering from covid Be with Ben and Joanne as they are having a hard time with their struggles uh, today. And also be with all of our members that are are fighting off or in quarantine uh, because of, of this virus. We pray that you'll bring a swift end to all of the suffering. Father, we pray that as we come together today and that we will come and worship You. And we pray that our service to You today will be in accordance with Your will. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. First song to this morning will be Thank You, Lord, 781.
0: For all that you have done, I will thank. We
2: Merciful Father, we come before your throne of grace and mercy on this most beautiful Lord's Day. We acknowledge you as our God, as the giver and sustainer of all life. We acknowledge our total and our complete dependence upon you for everything that we are. Father, we recognize the fact that we live in a time of uncertainty, and yet we know, Father, that you're in control and that. You care for us and that you love us and you want what's best for us. And we're so thankful, Father, for the many blessings that you provide for us on a continual basis. But especially, Father, are we thankful for those spiritual blessings that we enjoy in Christ Jesus our Lord. And may, we, may it be that we never take those spiritual blessings for granted. Father, there are many among us today that, are sick, that are struggling with health issues. And Father, you know who those people are, people that we love and care about. And we pray, Father, that your hand of healing and comfort would be upon them and that you would bless them, Father, during the the difficult situations that they're facing with their health. Father, we're so thankful for the church here at Boonville. We're thankful for the shining light that this congregation continues to be and this community. We're thankful for our elders who so ably serve here to lead us in a way that we need to go so that we might be faithful to you. We pray, Father, that you would grant our elders wisdom, that you would be with them, bless their health. And we pray that you'll continually watch out for them as they watch out for our souls. Father, not only are we thankful for the church that meets here at Boonville, but we're thankful for the church throughout the world. We're so thankful for those that are saved. And we pray that we'll realize that our purpose is to truly reach out and seek and to save the lost father. We come before you thanking you for your precious son, Jesus who came to this earth. He died on the cross and we're so thankful for the hope that we have because of the blood that he shed there on that old rugged cross. And Father, may we ever live in thankfulness and gratefulness for that sacrifice and what it means for us today. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You're using your
1: songbooks, number six, 904. We'll use that song as the song of invitation, Have You Been to Jesus? And before today's message, we'll sing, There is Power
3: in the Blood. After this song, we'll uh, be led in our scripture reading for the day. Let's sing.
0: Would you be free from the, the sin? you <laughs>
2: scripture reading before Brother Ken's lesson this morning is going to be taken from Revelations chapter 1 verse 5 and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and first begotten of the dead and the prince of kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood
4: Good morning, everybody. Terrific to see you today. And I hope you've had a wonderful morning so far. And isn't it a tremendous blessing to be assembled here today for the purpose of worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Yes. Yes, it is. So thank you. Many of you have just returned from a while away, and we're thankful for that. And we're hoping that you can stay. We'll be together in this and We will encourage one another, and hopefully a lot of the things that are keeping us away will soon be passed, and we'll just be enjoying and flourishing in the Lord's work here in Boonville. In addition to all the the sick and people that have had surgeries and those types of setbacks, I know that Bob and Trina Maddox's daughter had a house fire this past week, and it was very extensive, and I can't imagine anything materially that affects as much as fire does in that it consumes not just the physical things, but the memories associated with that. That's a devastating loss. I know that Missy Barnett is kind of heading up a kind of relief for them. Missy, where are you? Would you raise your hand? Missy's sitting over there. So if you would like to help with that, please see Missy today and let her know how, how you can do that. Today we're going to be talking about the things we've been singing about. The blood of Jesus. And especially about the washing that that blood is able to accomplish for our souls. Before we start that, Let's pray that God will bless us in our worship in his word today. Bow with me. Our Father, we thank you for the blessing, privilege to be together this morning and to worship you. And Father, we're praying that all the things we've been involved in thus far have been pleasing to you. And now, Father, we... We are letting you take the lead in this as we examine your word. I pray, Lord, that you will help us as we meditate upon these things that we see that they'll make an impression on our hearts. Not just will we learn the the facts or the truths, but that we'll be touched by them. And we'll be motivated to act on the things we know we should do. Forgive us, Lord, when... For whatever reason that stands in our way, we don't respond as we should. Lord, help me to communicate your word today and to make it clear and as profound as it is in Scripture. And be with the hearers that they can receive what you intended for them to. That I'll not be the reason for incomprehension. Bless us, Lord, as we let your word become a part of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, to him who washed us. A lot of description thoughts about washing. A lot of things are hard to wash. Like a little child, infants, You get them in that little tub thing, which can be a challenge already. And you get the water in it, and they just want to splash. And Before you know it, not only have they gotten a bath, you've gotten a bath. The water's everywhere. It makes a terrible mess. That can be difficult. Or, how about a bath, a washing, in a circumstance that you did not expect? Maybe you've had something like this happen to you. You're in a warm locale. You're thinking that it's going to be great, kind of get that shower going. And when it hits you, it's ice cold. If you've ever been on the mission field, maybe that's happened to you. I was in Vanuatu. They don't have running water there, but they're sophisticated because they can bring the water in through what's basically a small aqueduct. I thought, that's terrific. Here in a tropical climate with that water, that's going to be wonderful. Except that the water was transported from the top of the mountain, which made it ice cold. So there's a shock when you're washed with something you didn't expect. Or I would take volunteers of anybody that would like to wash my cats. I'll stand in the other room and I'll toss you the stuff that you need. Things like bandages stitches, that sort of stuff. Sometimes it's difficult to wash things and to get them cleansed in the way that we really anticipated for them to be cleansed. The book of Revelation is a tremendous book, but for some people it's a little bit startling because there's so much, so much imagery that's far into our thinking recorded there. And if we're not careful, we can just assume that it's all imagery, when in fact, it is not. There are a lot of things that are put in forms that are difficult to understand, but other things that are quite literal. One example has to do with what we're talking about here today. The idea of the blood, or the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. In the book of Revelation, it's both symbolic, but also very literal. I look at the writings of John and I see that all through several of the books that he is attributed to have written, those have an emphasis on blood or the power of that blood and the power of the sacrifice of Jesus. One of the familiar texts, especially, especially to those who are studying John with me over this last quarter, is John chapter 1, verse 29. When John sees Jesus, John the Baptist sees Jesus... John says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Apostle writing about John the Baptist and his prophetic recognition of Jesus as the Lamb of God. And, and then application of that in John's writing, that small little book, 1 John. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. That if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. A lot of instances that we could go to and describe that John is drawing out the idea of Christ special, He's the Lamb, He's shedding His blood. We're having our sins washed away by the blood. Power in the blood. The effect of that power can really find itself revealed in several different ways, depending on our relationship to God. Perhaps for the sinner, in learning about the washing capability of the blood, there is the hope of forgiveness. Or in the person who is repentant, who is ready to make a change to turn away from their sin, There is actually the washing away of sins. Or maybe for those who have already obeyed the gospel, there is that promise of the continuing cleansing by the blood of Jesus as we are walking in the light. I want us to see today the ways in which this washing is significant for us. In one way... We are washed from sin. Our text is significant Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 because we find out that he loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Washed sins. There are some things that happen to us in which we seek out washing. And I'm thinking specifically about those things that touch our skin that are corrosive. A corrosive element against the skin needs to be remedied very quickly. I used to work in an industrial type setting and I noticed throughout the building there were a lot of washing stations. And maybe you're familiar with that. If some kind of caustic material comes into contact with your skin or in your eyes, you immediately want to seek relief. You want the washing to flush out that element that is doing so much damage to your physical body. And when I was thinking about that picture, listen, I was born in 1964. And as I was growing up, there was an image in that time that was pretty common, It was the image of what now is referred to as the napalm girl. Some of you have that image in your mind already. It was a picture of a Vietnamese nine-year-old girl who was running down the road naked in the midst of her brothers and sisters. They had been sprayed with napalm. Now, either by accident or by intent, The result was still the same. That corrosive element had contacted their skin. Now, napalm actually was invented during World War II. And it was a chemical substance that was very sticky. What was useful in the military application was that this sticky substance could be infused with gasoline or jet fuel and ignited. And no matter what that sticky substance touched, it carried the fuel with it and it burned. There were all kinds of applications. One application in Vietnam was that you could load a flamethrower with napalm and you could just go through the jungle and burn down all of the vegetation and expose the groundwork. But when that came into contact with human flesh... The thing about that is that you couldn't get the fire off of you. As long as that sticky substance was on your skin, you were going to burn. I I could only imagine those children, especially that girl, willing to do anything to have that flame extinguished. So this text tells us that it is the blood of Jesus that washes sins away. Thing is, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can wash sins away. And in that, there are ought to be in the knowledge of it a response of of thanksgiving and praise and gratitude. I, I know for instance uh, in Romans chapter five verse one there is the response of peace, you know, therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of sin, we're separated from God. We can't have peace. I mean, we're we're in conflict with God in our sin, but I can have my sins washed away and just enjoy peace, finally, with God. Not the baggage and the stain and the pain of guilt. And speaking of, of guilt, there is the picture, the depiction of, of Saul of Tarsus who has now come into contact with Jesus, has has been overcome emotionally with the recognition of his own sin as he's kicked against a knowledge of Jesus all this time, and now meeting the Savior is so repentant. And for three days, being blinded, he is praying to God with all of his heart. But it isn't until that third day as Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 tells us, that Ananias actually shares with him the remedy for the pain and the affliction to his soul that he's enduring. The only thing that will take the sin away. Ananias says, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus, according to our initial text. Here he says, through baptism, our sin is washed away. Saul of Tarsus had not received a forgiveness or washing away of those sins simply because he had been afflicted, or we might would even say he was punished. You know, he's given that blindness. That didn't remove the sin. Nor did his emotional distress for three days praying to God. No doubt begging that God would do something. Still, over the course of those days, no relief. There was not anything outside of the blood of Jesus that could remove the anguish, the pain, the sting, the regret, the shame of sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1 At verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Redemption. Well, so, I I know I can have my sin washed away, but what's that matter of of redemption? We are washed for redemption. It, It puts us in a condition in which we can be redeemed. Okay, Re- Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 describes Jesus as the one who was slain. And having been slain, he becomes the means by which our sins are washed away. It is a redemption, he says, to God for that by the blood. Redemption. Okay, so I know that, like, some kinds of washing result in healing like if you have a skin infection especially one maybe that's due to a burning you know that there are chemical baths that you can take that can treat the wounds and promote healing in the body we know of those cases or, maybe a little little bit more to the fringe, I was reading about those milk baths. Any of you had a milk bath? I, I, I wouldn't know what that really involves, except that I know it involves milk, and milk has lactic acid in it, and the idea is that the lactic acid can eat away the dead skin cells. Sounds great, except... That'd probably take a lot of milk. I'm just guessing that's expensive. So count me out on that one. Uh, There are hot springs in various places throughout the world. A lot of them are vacation destinations. They've built up retreats around them and lavish spas. And oh man, you can get in those pools and enjoy at least what is touted to be a. Condition in which you can receive the benefits, the medicinal properties of elements that are in the water and such. I I don't know about that. I do know that there was a case, as recorded in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 4, where an angel came down and stirred the water in the pool at Bethesda, and actually those who got to the water first were healed. Okay, sounds great. but pools of healing physically, whether that's a reality or just a hyped-up sensation. I know that when it comes to the blood of Jesus, that there's more involved than just the idea of washing something away. In fact, if a person got the image of just the water washing sins away, First Peter describes chapter 3, verse 21, uh, the fact that it isn't the washing away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I get the idea that the blood, yeah, it's in the water, but it is in the water in the sense of the burial, the death of Jesus. So that blood, the blood that Jesus shed at the cross, that's what's going to be washing my sins away. And so in that image. I get the picture not just of the washing sense, but well, like what Matthew 20 verse 28 describes. There Jesus said that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know what a ransom is. Someone has been captured or taken away and if you want them back, you're going to have to pay the price. Someone is actually snatched away and put into a kind of slavery and the only way that they can be freed is if that price, that ransom is paid. Jesus is paying the ransom for those of us who are in slavery. So the question would be, who does that apply to? Well, actually... That would apply to us. The scripture says that he who commits sin is a slave to sin. Well, who is it that commits the sin that is the slave to sin? Romans chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I guess that would include all of us. All of us commit sin, therefore we become slaves of sin. If I'm a slave of sin, that means I'm under the bondage of it and I receive the consequence. And of course, the consequence of sin, the payment for sin, Romans 6, 23, is is death. If I want to avoid that, I've got to find some way to have this sin washed. But already notice, there isn't anything outside of the blood of Jesus that makes that possible to separate me from my sin. So here I am in need of a transformation. And in Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, "...but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness." That doctrine that he's talking about is described in the opening verses of this chapter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the gospel message, Romans uh, 1 Corinthians 15. But in that message... As we have noted so many times, is burial in water, baptism, where we are buried with Christ in baptism. And then when we are raised up out of his death, we are raised to walk in newness of in newness of life. It isn't just a washing away of dirt and filth from the flesh. It isn't just a good feeling coming out of the water. It is a process by which we are being bought back from a condition of slavery. You say, well, now, wait a minute, Kim. you know, that's kind, of kind of not fair in a way because by the time I get old enough to realize that I'm sinning, you know, I kind of come to the place where I'm like, wait a minute. What I just did I, I I feel guilty for I committed the sin by the time I get to the place where I recognize I did that well it's too late you know I've already done it I've already committed the sin and well can I just you know can I just say wait time out you know time out I'm good uh, that that isn't what the scripture says the person who commits the sin is responsible for the sin the person who commits the sin whether I want to be in bondage to sin or not has become the slave of sin, and the only remedy. Listen, I, I have the I have the toxicity of sin on me. How do I get rid of that? The only way is through the blood of Jesus. And then, not only am I thinking about that washing in terms of of being washed away from sin or I'm striving, you know, to have a sense of redemption, of being bought back from a condition that I would even argue maybe wasn't my fault in the first place. I just kind of slipped into it. All the arguments aside, I'm making preparation for something in this condition. Okay, so I'm going to have a mind set on other things. That's my determination. In Colossians chapter 3, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. If I have benefited from the washing of the blood of Jesus, if I have been redeemed, that has been brought back, then my mind is set on different things. I'm making a commitment now to change what got me in trouble in the first place. I no longer want to be covered with sin that I can't remove. I want to enjoy the benefit of that blood continually. Now here's the thing probably this morning. You made made preparation for this gathering. You got up. Maybe you took a shower or a bath, you cleansed the body, put on those fancy clothes you have on, and you came to address others. And some would say, look, Ken, I take a bath once a week whether I need it or not. Well, congratulations. Here we are enjoying the benefit of that. However, in preparation of that life to come, the book of Revelation describes it in some epic terms. For instance, in Revelation chapter 7 at verse 9, there is the depiction of a great multitude of people who are standing before God on His throne and the Lamb. And in verse 10, they are singing these songs of praise to God for the salvation that He has made possible. But in verse 14, is a reflection. You see, those folks who are enjoying that condition before the very throne of God had been through what is described as a great tribulation, and two things had happened to them. They had had their coat, their robe, or you might even say their life made white or purified. And how did that happen? By nothing else but the blood of the Lamb. It is the blood of the Lamb that makes possible the washing away of our sins, as nothing else can remedy our condition spiritually. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we have been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption from our sins, Redemption, he says, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you and I, we've been washed, and we've had all that preparation made, we've been setting our mind on heaven, we've been striving to do what's right, we've been striving to serve the Lord, we've been so diligent, and yet we've slipped. Even then, the power of the blood of Jesus is still evident. John reminds us in 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The idea of the cleansing blood there as we are walking in the light is in conjunction with that walk. So long as we are striving, we are walking in that light, we are are serving Jesus, then the blood is continually, literally continuing to cleanse us from our sins. I wonder, for you today, have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, are you continuing to walk in the light, enjoying the continuing cleansing of the blood of Jesus? Washing is kind of a common theme for us. We're experienced in it in all sorts of scenarios. But the sin that's on your skin that you can see or the skin on your garment. Easy to appreciate and maybe some remedy for that. But the sin that's on your soul, you can't see. And you can't remove without the blood of Jesus. I think about that napalm girl. How she would have done anything at all to make the pain stop. What will you do? to see to it that your soul is saved forever. If you've done the things that we've said, you know, had your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus, continuing to walk in the light so that that blood continues to cleanse you, then you've defeated Satan and you have an assurance of heaven someday. But if you haven't secured those things, then today, why don't you come and be washed away By the Lamb. There's anybody who needs to respond, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come while we stand together and sing? Have you been to Jesus for the world?
3: If any of you uh, is in need of an emblem for the Lord's Supper, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will take care of you. You bow with me, please. Father, we come to a part of our service where we are commanded to to honor you and remember you. Father, as we partake of this bread, help us to remember that it represents Christ's broken body that hung on the cross and for all for us and forgiveness of our sins. Father, help us to reflect on that in our minds and our hearts. Be be mindful of the suffering that he did, that he did all this for us. Father, it's uh, our prayer that we may do this in a manner that will be pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You bow with me. Heavenly Father, as we partake of this cup of the vine that represents Christ's blood that was shed on the cross, Father, help us to go back and reflect in our minds the suffering that He did, and He did all this for us that we might have opportunity for forgiveness of our sins and opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. Father, help us to do this in a manner that would be pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Now separate and apart from our Lord's Supper, the Bible asks us that we may give back a portion of our earnings that will prosper. There's several ways that you can do that that are listed on the screen. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the many wonderful blessings in life that you've given to each and every one of us. Father, we're so thankful for our jobs, our sources of income. Father, help us to be cheerful in our giving and help us to give back a portion that we've earned that it might go to spread your word throughout the land. We ask that we do this in a manner that will be pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.
5: Good morning. Uh, There was 228 of us here this morning. Might have been a couple more that walked in, so maybe 2.30. To start off, I have a couple of uh, cards to read. Church family, Bob and I want to thank each of you for the overflowing love that you have shown Jackson and Jenny Carroll during this time of trouble. Please continue to pray for them as they recover. Love Bob Bob and Trina Maddox. Dear church family, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all the wonderful acts of love and kindness you have blessed our family with during Craig's life And since he passed away, we appreciate all of your calls, cards and visits, food, gifts, hugs, and encouragement. Please continue to pray for our family during the days ahead. We appreciate the beautiful memorial service, the speakers, Doug Greenway, Greg Pollock and Ricky Howell, the singing led by Chris Langley everyone who came to the service and especially the prayers to encourage and strengthen our family in christian love sue chris and glenn the glenn family Uh, just as a reminder i know ken mentioned um jenny carroll and jackson's uh the the fire and everything but uh, uh just as a reminder missy's coordinating with the starkville church family to uh, get them. They need everything. So just keep that uh, in mind. And I think she has a thing set up on Facebook as well. Uh, Also, Ray Miller, former member here, uh, needs our prayers as he has an ongoing illness. Also, prayers for Trent Eaton. He's in the hospital in Clinton with COVID. And also those uh, watching on the internet, uh, as always, uh, we look forward to you coming back, and and of course, we love you, and we look forward to you coming back and and worshiping with us. A few more things for those uh, on the internet in particular. Um, The Sunday devotional, again, will be uh, postponed until further notice due to COVID restrictions. Uh, Lads to leader, uh, Wednesday meeting for gifts will be at 5 45. The food pantry item this week is, uh, canned fruit with the pop top on it, not the kind you open with a can opener. Uh, and the food pantry and clothes closet will be open January 20th. And also let's see in 1972, the Oakland A's beat the Cincinnati reds in the world series, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they beat the Miami dolphins and, uh, the Johnsons got married that year, I think. And, uh, of course, um, everyone is invited to their 50th wedding anniversary, um, Saturday, January 29th, two to four in the annex. And, uh, Last but not least, in anticipation of the birth of Laney James Jumper, there is a table set up in the foyer for baby girl showers gifts. Parents are Cameron and Jacqueline Jumper. And they're registered at Walmart and on Amazon. So I believe that is all I have. So if you would, please uh, stand and we'll pray before our dismissal. Heavenly Father, as we've come together this morning, we do so for the reason of worshiping thee. And we're so thankful for the countless blessings that you bestow on all of us. The countless wonders everywhere we turn, all the gifts we receive, some we don't even notice, but in so many we take for granted the gift of love, the gift of sharing, the gift of human life, the gift of family, Dear father, the list goes on and on. May we share these gifts with others and may we share the light which you shine through us. And all these gifts, father, we're so grateful, but for certain the gift of your son, Jesus, coming to save each and every one of us was definitely the greatest gift of all. And father, in Jesus name we pray, amen.